He founded Playbuzz back in 2012 with his two co-founders. Today, there are over 117 people around the world helping advertisers, publishers, and content creators make more from their money, get more distribution, and generally have more success getting more eyeballs and engaged eyeballs on their content. They're monetizing via a volume play on just ads spent through the platform and also a higher CPM basis because they're driving true engagement on content from creators with 31 million raised. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing, though. This database, I keep it to myself. It's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Shaul Olmert. He's the co-founder and CEO of a company called Playbuzz, an award-winning storytelling platform that empowers publishers, brands, and agencies worldwide to create interactive content for editorial and commercial purposes. The world's top publishers and brands worldwide use Playbuzz's desktop and mobile-friendly storytelling tools to improve audience engagement, optimize social sharing, increase site traffic, and lengthen on-page viewing time. Shaul, are you ready to take us to the top? Wow, that's, uh, you made it sound very serious. Am I, am I, am I hired? I happy to do all that. I'm impressed. <laughs> am I hired or what? So, yeah, I want to work for that company that you just described. <laughs> who is that? Who leads that company? <laughs> all right. Tell us what the company does, Shal, and how do you make money? So, in most simplified terms, uh, we are an authoring platform that enables uh, storytellers all over the world, be it uh, premium publishers or brands uh, or just individual authors, to tell stories that are just more premium, more meaningful, more engaging. So, rather than just create a textual article that, as we know, um, people don't read, right? I mean, people are not focused. There are so many industry stats that showing that 80% uh, of people uh, bounce uh, from text articles very quickly, uh, don't really read, don't really engage. But if you want to tell a story that's meaningful, if you want to create a user experience around content, that will actually engage users, that will actually move them, that will actually have impact on them, then you can use the Playbuzz set of tools. Uh, our tool set is completely free for publishers. We let them use it, and it's being used by uh, premium publishers all over the world. Like How many uh, total publishers? Uh, total publishers is, you know, tens of thousands, but, uh, you know, what's I think really important is that market leaders such as uh, ESPN, Huffington Post, the BBC, Sky, MTV, uh, and many others are using our tool set, and they're using our tool set when they want to create a piece of content that's important, when they want to invest more in a piece of content in order to make it more engaging and, and you know, really impactful for users. So all of that is completely free. Uh, the way we make money is that we are... Um, enable publishers to opt into uh, several monetization programs in which they are 
using our uh, tools and allow us to create uh, monetization within the content items itself. How? But what are you doing? Backlinking to advertisers? You're like, what is it? So uh, generally speaking, there's a direct tie when uh, the engagement is higher, the monetization is higher. You know, uh, advertisers want to present their products and services to users who are actually listening, who are actually paying attention, who are actually engaged. So on an average flavors item, the engagement is so, so much higher. It's so superior to a normal article. Uh, just to give you a sense, the average time spent on a flavors item can be between two to four minutes. When the industry standard is, you know, is measured in seconds, unfortunately. So since people are actually reading those articles and are actually engaging with them, the value of the advertising is much higher. And we offer, um, we, uh, offer advertisers to advertise on those pages and then share revenues with the uh, publishing partner. Okay, so how much total have you paid out to publishing partners? Uh, I can't disclose numbers, but uh, let's just say that uh, we are in the uh, uh, revenues is in the uh, many dozens of millions for the year. So it's uh, it's uh, becoming a very healthy business. Got it. So we'll say we'll say higher than twenty four million in, in revenue. You said many dozens of millions, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay. Now, when you say revenue, does that mean volume through your platform, and you're not you're only keeping ten percent of that? Uh, I wouldn't say ten percent, but generally speaking, the uh, uh, the volume is, is very high and consistently growing. Uh, there's also another source of monetization, another uh, form of... Uh, well, Shaw, though, before we move forward to the other form of monetization, I just want to make sure I understand that right. That $24 million plus, that is that is ad spend through your platform, which you keep a percentage of. It is, and it's uh, okay. significantly higher than the, the number you wanted. So it's higher than 10, to, okay. Uh, just to get a sense that it's... Uh, and it's also higher than $24 million. Just to give a sense that, you know, generally this, uh, this stuff works. And when stuff works, when users are engaged, then the money follows. Uh, and I, you know, as I just began to say, just to complete the picture about monetization, we also offer our uh, platform to brands, and there we um, um, we give them the option of creating content items, creating content marketing items, telling the story of the brand, the story of the product, with the Playbus toolset, and then we manage the distribution of those content items across our network, and we charge fair distribution. So for the publishing partner, it's another form of monetization. We're not only giving them uh, revenue for. Uh, Embed, for embedding monetization units within an editorial flavor story, we also give them the option to uh, to carry branded campaigns on their site, and uh, these sell for uh, very high, very premium CPM. So you know, it's a very uh, it's a very lucrative form of monetization. What's a higher premium CPM? Uh, just you know, our rate card in the U.S. is around uh, uh, one dollar per engagement. So I guess you can say that it would uh, it would mean something in the in the neighborhood of. Uh, effective CPM of $1,000. Uh, so, you know, significantly higher than other forms of advertising. I understand. So let me make sure I understand this correctly. I could join your platform as a creator, write a interactive kind of piece of content titled um, top seven ways to make money online or, or whatever I want to write. I could then pay you $1 per engagement or effectively $1,000 effective CPM. And you will then distribute that on your partners like Huffington Post, Business Insider, or other people you work with. Many others, yeah. Interesting. Do they give you a limited amount of inventory that for your placements on their site in a given month, or do you just, as long as you beat their other monetization streams, they'll keep giving you more inventory? No, it's uh, look, it's uh, 
the, the tactics can, can be different between uh, different markets and different publishers. Our uh, job as a platform is to accommodate the needs and uh, specific models of each partner we work with. But generally speaking, it's a very simple proposition. You know, we, uh, we worked in the past, for instance, with brands such as uh, American Express, uh, Citibank, uh, Unilever, Coca-Cola. And for all of them, uh, we created a very, or uh, they created using our tool set, a very engaging piece of content that really shows uh, the sort of brand attributes that they want to emphasize in flying colors. And then we place those uh, content items on different websites that we have agreements with, and we charge per view. And the reason that they're, the reason that they're willing to uh, pay such premium rates for this engagement is because we actually guarantee them the engagement. It's not but when you say engagement, you mean a view, correct? One dollar per view? Well, per view, yeah, uh, but we filter out, you know, it's like uh, it doesn't include, we don't charge for any uh, users that uh, didn't uh, actually interact with the item or that spent only a few seconds. So we really filter out all the potential bots and frauds and all the other concerns. So how that, many uh, seconds does someone have to spend before it counts towards the dollar? That's uh, where we can get very granular. There are different. It all depends on the piece of creative and how you uh, how you measure it. But basically, you know, our promise to advertisers is that we tell them we'll only charge you for users who actually listen to your message, who actually had an engagement uh, with the content you created. And uh, then we come to publishers and say, as long as you deliver actual traffic and not just you know bot traffic or you know incidental clicks, uh, we're gonna we're gonna share revenues with them with you for these items. And the effective CPM they get is significantly higher than other forms of advertising. Understood. I want to break down kind of and understand what's more important to you. So in 2016, what percentage of your revenue came from taking a percentage of spend through your platform versus that high CPM rate you guys charge? It's, uh, you know, it's hard for me to get into the very granular details because some of it is uh, models that evolved a long time and, you know, are, are constantly changing. But generally speaking, the, speaking there's very high demand. Uh, you know, the, uh, obviously the scale of uh, programmatic ads or standard IAB units such as video ads uh, is, uh, is making it a, a higher volume business. But our business is shifting more and more towards branded content. We are creating new ways. Uh, in many ways, you can say that publishers such as Refinery29 and BuzzFeed and others have paved the road for this market by introducing this offering and convincing advertisers that this is this works and this should be charged premium. Now we're taking it a step beyond and letting everybody, letting every publisher, uh, giving them the ability to sell those kind of campaigns through our platform and even more so create scale for the advertisers. So they're not limited for the audience of only one publisher. They can actually scale the same campaign across a variety of different publishers. So just to be clear, again, two revenue models. One is money, many millions, dozens of millions of volume through your platform and ad spend, which you keep significantly more than 10% of. The other is the branded content with the premium CPMs you charge, which sounds like is a newer offering. Is that accurate? Uh, it's newer, but it's uh, it's uh, going very, very well. You know, I think this is really the future of advertising. Uh, advertisers want to be heard. You know, they want to spend their money on media in which the consumers are actually engaging with, not just ad blocking or, you know, flipping through really quickly and spend only a few seconds per page. We're giving them just that. We're giving them uh, the ability to either use their standard inventory uh, on our pages. And these are pages that users are actually spending a lot of time on and are really engaged and really attentive to their message 
or to create their own branded experience, which is, you know, where I can send you uh, uh, links to it. It's just a very uh, addictive, very uh, premium, very superior type of user experience. And uh, no wonder that if uh, an, a user runs into one of those items, they are more receptive to, pay, to spend time on it and pay attention to the messaging. And therefore, the advertiser is willing to, uh, to spend premium because they know they're getting premium ROI. Yeah, I understand. So take me back to some of the backstory here. Uh, you personally, when did you launch the company? The company exists for uh, five and a half years, but uh, it feels to me like it's been around for like 5,000 years. Or something. <laughs> say, so uh, you launched in 2012. We launched in 2012, uh, or we started the company in 2012. The, the product has been in market for three years. Shortly after we launched, uh, we uh, we started seeing uh, immediate traction. Uh, our website, playbuzz.com, became the most shared website on Facebook. Less than a year after it launched, just by virtue of housing editorial content that was created by uh, created, you know, samples of content created by our vast publishing network. Uh, we very quickly grew. Shaw, uh, who is we? How many co-founders did you have? Uh, we is um, uh, uh, Tom, my co-founder, and myself, but uh, the team that is now uh, 170 people worldwide in eight different offices one, around the world. 117 or 170? 170. 170 it's people are on the wrong. Middle Eastern accent, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, okay. And, ha <laughs> and have you bootstrapped the company or have you raised capital? No, we raised capital. Uh, we raised a total of $31 million. Until today, uh, we have investors such as the Walt Disney Company, Saban Ventures, uh, and a bunch of uh, other very credible investors. So, uh, you know, it became a very mature, a very solid business uh, pretty quickly. But uh, I think it's really only the uh, tip of the iceberg. When we see where the market is going and we see the challenges of publishers to create create meaningful interaction with their users and the challenge of advertisers not only to reach people on a massive scale but to really inform them and really create a dialogue with them uh, our tool set is designed our tool sets are designed just for that Shaw, sure, since you're close with disney were there were there over the top solution they just kind of announced do you think it'll get traction will it work i'm uh, curious as you are you know i'm a big disney fan and uh, what's your gut tell you my gut tells me that uh, Disney has always been one of the most proactive companies in adopting new technologies and making significant bets on uh, new ways to interact with consumers. And I think at the end of the day, you know, we all know that content is king. When the content is great, uh, you can find the outlet to it. So, you know, I'm really uh, um, curious and very optimistic about uh, Disney's efforts. Um, if Disney came to you today and offered you $120 million for the company, do you sell? Uh, I don't think it's, uh, you know, our value is actually higher than that already, but uh, regardless of- What do you mean by that? Um, your value is higher. You mean your last raise, your valuation was higher yeah. than that? Indeed. In and, you know, I think beyond that, it's, uh, look, uh, there's, there's a, uh, always um, the, the hope of um, uh, making money and liquidating the asset in some shape or form at some point, but it's honestly what, uh, not what I'm thinking about when I'm coming to the office every morning, was we're in such high growth phase that all we think about is how to capitalize on these growth and continue to dominate the market and create more value to our partners. Um, the more value we create, the more our value increases, and eventually there's going to be a, a financial return to the, to the shareholders as a result of that. Is the company a break even, or are you guys still burning capital that you raised? Uh, we're still we're still burning capital in the sense that uh, we're continuing to invest in growth. So we could easily turn the company into a profitable company, but then we would limit the scale of how much it can grow for the future. And I honestly believe that everything we created until now is, uh, you know, is just a foundation where we are uh, constantly creating new ways to optimize our first-party data, new ways to uh, uh, create more immersive experiences, to incorporate video and other stuff. 
So is most of your expenditures, they're, they're, most of your, uh, most, the reason your cash flow negative or your burning capital, you're saying is because most of it's going into R&D or is it a lot of it going into variable marketing expenses to acquire new customers and publishers and advertisers? It's a good question. It's always a mixture of both, but uh, the majority of our staff are in engineering, uh, product, uh, data. Data is obviously, obviously a big component of what we do. So uh, this is what the majority of the funds go to, and this is the plan to uh, continue. Eventually, we, we believe that we'll win this war by, uh, by superior technology. Mm -hmm. Not by, uh, you know, we are not a content company. We are relying on the world's best storytellers, the best world's uh, the world's best brands and publishers to create content using our platforms. Uh, our uh, strength is not in the content expertise. Our strength is in the platform and the infrastructure behind it. So let me let me ask you a question about about voice and content because yeah. you know number one, it's easier to listen to something than it is to read something because it's more passive. You have AirPods that have come out. You I put them in. I forget they're in. I listen to content all day. You then have the input devices collecting so much voice data with Echo and Google Home and Alexa and all these other. things things um storytelling and content in an audio format one do you guys have a play there and two i think it's going to grow faster than text-based content uh what should advertisers and publishers be thinking about so we are not uh 100 ready to announce anything but uh let come me, on uh, shaw uh, give it to me let me let me hint it to you by saying that i think for you as a podcaster your main challenges are that you know you know you have a loyal audience of followers but a you don't have clear analytics into how they interact with each so you know you don't know which parts of your podcast are more interesting which are not you don't have a way to create extra layers of engagement like for instance you know running a live poll during the podcast and aggregating results or you know showing additional materials could be editorial materials like uh, hey check out this you know image or video or a piece of text or could be commercial materials like you know once you for instance talking about the uh, many virtues of your sponsor that uh, that enable this podcast you could also you know you could also place an ad we want to be in a position where we enable you as a storyteller the tools to make your podcast even more interactive more engaging more data driven so uh, it's definitely the direction we're going yeah no it's interesting you know the podcast does very well with 4 million downloads it's a huge audience way bigger than my blog what I struggle with is how to take the audio content and make it text based content because people don't they just don't consume it anywhere near like to consume the audio so what i did is i built gitlatka.com which is basically a a machine i built that analyzes the audio and puts it into contextualized data it pulls all the numbers out of the show and creates company pages so playbuzz will have one based off the feedback you gave me and that's getting way more engagement than me just putting up show notes uh yeah. so I'm, I'm eager to see what solution you come up with Perfect. Now I uh, think I'll tell my team we just have our first client on board. <laughs> I want a big discount, Shal, a big discount. Well, it's very hard to get to give you a discount since our offering is free for publishers. <laughs> but, you know, if you manage a way to discount your free product, you must be a really good sales all right, guys, I have to let you in on a little secret. Those of you that spend a lot of time on Instagram or following very wealthy people and you see them take that beautiful picture walking up onto the jet, you know, with their leather suitcase and their with their expensive baggage and everything, they don't actually own the jet. They do something much smarter. They've signed up for a service called Jet Smarter, which is a mobile app that is doing some very interesting things in the private air travel industry. Now, I love Jet Smarter. It allows me to get anywhere I want on a jet very 
quickly via their mobile app, but more importantly, you sit down in, you know, 2E, right? There's only six seats on the whole flight, but you sit down in 2E, and the person, right, right next to you, right, is the CEO of some other big software company, and you get deals done. You become friends. It's an unbelievable community. So to get started today, download the Jet Smarter app and use code LATKA, L-A-T-K-A, to become part of the world's largest members-only private aviation community and discover, really, a smarter way to fly. Hopefully, I see you on my next charter. All right, so let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, honestly, I don't read business books. I read, I'm a big avid reader. I read only fiction. What's your last uh, book you read? Uh, the last book I read was uh, an old uh, French novel that uh, it was translated, translated to Hebrew. So I had to think what the, uh, you know, I don't know how to translate the title to English. But That's okay. uh, generally, most of what I read is like uh, purely fiction. I don't read any, uh, you know, history or business or self-help books. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying currently? Uh, no, and it's not out of disrespect to others. It's to say, I think that the only thing that uh, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, and all the other legendary CEOs have in common is that they, you know, may have taken inspiration from people, but they didn't follow anybody else's playbook. They wrote their own. So, you know, my goal is to try and... Uh, uh, try and be me rather than try to imitate someone else. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like Acuity Scheduling? Uh, really the most, uh, the tool I find myself using uh, more than everything is Evernote. Now, I know that Evernote has uh, had a bad reputation lately, and a lot of people are bitching about it. And uh, I agree, it's not perfect, but I still think that there's a way to sort of organize my thoughts and make sure that I always, you know, clip whatever I see and whatever I hear and whatever I think into something coherent that I can follow up on. It's uh, definitely one of the, it's my uh, number one productivity tool. Number four, how many hours of sleep to get every night? Uh, I'm a very bad example of sleeping. I sleep on average four hours a night. Uh, and I highly recommend people to sleep more if they can. I just physically, you know, wherever I am in the world, I always wake up after four hours. So That's so funny. Just, What's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? Married with kids. And I would say happily married with kids. How many kids? kids? You know, that's a unique one. Uh, I have three children that I know of. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it's quite a portfolio. And what's how young is the youngest? Uh, we are uh, between uh, 13 and 7. Okay, okay, good. And how old are you, Shaw? I'm 42. All right, last question. Take us back 22 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh, I wish uh, my 20 years old knew that uh, it's everybody else in the world is as clueless as he is. And, uh, you know, life is about exploration and trying to find your own answer rather than to assume that somebody else has a crystal ball, knows what the future looks like, or knows what is the exact recipe for life that you should follow. There you guys have it from Shaw. He says everyone is as messed up as you are, so don't worry about it. Just do do your thing. He founded, Play, he founded Playbuzz back in 2012 with his two co-founders. Today, they're over 170 people around the world helping advertisers, publishers, and content creators make more from their money, get more distribution, and generally have more success getting more eyeballs and engaged eyeballs on their content. They're monetizing via a volume play on just ads spent through the platform and also a higher CPM basis because they're driving true engagement on content from creators with 31 million rays. They're sitting on a rocket ship. Shaw, thank you for taking us to this office.